We are The Table, and we are so glad that you have taken time out of your week to join us. Here at The Table, it is our hope to move you forward in life and faith over the course of this message. At The Table, we do things just a bit differently. We pose questions in real time, and we want to give you some time to wrestle with those questions as well. Again, thanks for joining us, and we hope that this message moves you forward. We are a celebrating church. Why? Because we don't overlook what God is doing. We take a minute to acknowledge what God is saying. We take a second to make sure that we don't just jump past. Because if you're not careful, you will jump right past all the ways that God is blessing you. And you will think about all the stuff that you don't have or didn't have. You'll think about what didn't work or where you got stuck instead of looking at the evidence of what God has done in your life. Is there anybody in here that just knows that you've been blessed by God? That was a test. Because the fact remains is that you are here today. You have breath in your lungs. And you have another opportunity to get it right. Because if you, if, 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 if you don't have to be here, we, you could be not seen today and viewed next week. Because when you go to a funeral, like you view the... See, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to help you with something. You didn't have to get another chance at this. But the fact remains that today... That right here, right now, there is breath in your lungs. And even if you woke up with a creak in your elbow or a little something on your hip, a little sadness this morning, there is a God who loves you. And you and I got another chance to get it right. So if you could, not for me, just put your hands together. Because there is life. Oh my goodness, oh my goodness, it is so, I'm so excited to see some new faces, some familiar faces, oh my goodness, I'm, I'm happy to see new faces that brought newer faces with them, that's exciting for everybody who may be new, if I have not introduced myself, my name is Nate Smith, I'm the lead pastor of this wonderful, wonderful ministry, God is doing something special, and guess what? You get to be a part of it. Amen. Even if it's for today, but I don't think it is. I think God is connecting us in new ways. I think as if this is your first time, come back again. Make sure we didn't just put on a special show for you. We had coffee every week. Amen. But today, I got a word for you today. We're going to have some fun for you today. If, if I just got to set a couple ground rules because there's new faces in the building. I like church to be interactive. I like to laugh in church. I like to have a good time in church. I'm going to tell you just like this. I want everything to be life applicable. If you cannot apply it to life, if you walk away scratching your head saying, uh, it sounded good, but I don't know what to do with it, then I have failed you. Because the thing is, is if I give you a tool that you don't know how to use or where to use it, what good is it? If I give you a weapon and you don't know when to pull it out, what good is it? Part number two, I tend to ask things, pause, 
and wait for you to tell me you understand. So if I say something and they get an awkward silence, I'm learning to live with silence until at least two people say, amen, clap a hand, tap a foot, do something so I know you are alive and kicking. Now we on. Let's get started. We are going to start a brand new series today. This hits near and dear to my heart, hopefully. Not hopefully, I know it will hit near and dear to yours as well. But we're starting a new series, and all month long, we're going to be talking about parent guilt. Dealing with the weight of parenting. The reason this is near and dear to my heart, and if I hadn't already said this to my kids, I would probably have them cover their ears or lead a room. But half the time as a parent, I don't know what I'm doing. You might not be okay with saying it, but I'm going to say it. Sometimes I don't know what I'm doing. There's certain things that are coming my way that I don't know what decisions to make. Sometimes I settle in on a decision and guess what? I think about it all day, every day, on whether it was the right decision. I lived my life once thinking about all the stuff that I just knew what not to do. Some of you might be sitting in this room right now still wrestling with making the difference between what I should do and what I shouldn't do. But I'm here to tell you today that we're going to level set and we're going to begin to tear down this weight and this guilt that comes with raising this generation. Because the answer is in the word of God. How many of you believe that? So today we're going to start lifting this weight. And that means that we have to start to bring some perspective to some things. So if you would, just pray with me as we get started. Dear Heavenly Father, we glorify you today. Thank you for this time of worship. Thank you for all these new faces and familiar faces. Lord, I pray now that you allow us to have open minds and open hearts to what you want to say to every single one of us individually. You know where we are in our life. You know where we are in our faith. I believe because your word tells me that faith comes by hearing. So allow me today to speak, sharing the word, recalling all the things you've placed in my heart. Anoint them so that every single person, right where they are, your Holy Spirit meets them. So be with us during this time of study, during this time of teaching. Allow us to receive as you reign in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. So the very first thing as we get into this series, parent guilt, is that sometimes I just want to give you some visuals so that you can connect some dots. I'm a dot connecting preacher. I like to make sure that you can follow along. How many of you have ever taken a, a can of Pepsi? We'll call it Pepsi because it's church and Sunday morning and I don't know what happened yesterday. Last evening, that's none of my business, that's between you and God, but when you take a can of Pepsi and you shake it up, and when you shake it up, you have to know that at some point, what is going to happen when you try to open it up? It's going to explode. Sometimes parenting can be just like that. Your kids give you a little shake. Your in-laws give you another little shake. Your siblings and your spouse, oh, they really 
Not my spouse, though. Not you, baby. Not you, huh? But like other people's spouses, they really... But it comes a point where you feel like it's just going to explode. So today's message, I want to give you, I want to give you something so that we can start to like tap the top. That we start to relieve some of uh, the pressure. So our title for today is Under Pressure. I want you to remember and think about what it means and the weight of the pressure that you can feel from just trying to lead somebody else. Half the time, I can't leave my own self. And then you get this responsibility of leading this child. Ain't nothing like the baby coming out. And then the doctors, they don't check with you first. They hand it to you. And then they leave the room. See, and it's like, in that instance, everything becomes real, and there's this thing that pressure begins to build. And some of us, we don't know what to do with that pressure, and we think that other people don't have the same kind of pressure. But I have to tell you that, that for the person who, who is stressing and having pressure because they can't find the job that they need to support their family, somebody else is under pressure because they got a job, and it's driving them crazy, and they need an out. See, there, there is somebody that's, that's looking for a spouse to, to create a family with, and there's somebody else that's under pressure because they have a spouse that's wreaking havoc in their home that they're trying to get some space from. There are people that have pressure because they have a car with too many problems. And there's somebody else who begging and pleading and praying that if they could just have a car, their life will be so much easier. Do you understand what I'm telling you? That there are pressures that exist. And I have to tell you, the very first thing, if we're going to understand this thing of pressure and being under pressure, I got to give you that tap on the top of your can today. Everyone is feeling the pressure. So you got to get that under in your mind and understand that everyone is feeling the pressure. It may be different than yours. It, it may come in a different shape, a different size. It might be a hard shake or a little shake. But guess what? Everyone is feeling the pressure. I got a news flash for you. Despite all of your pressure, it's yours to deal with and not your children. It's yours to deal with and not your children. Your anxiety is yours. It's not your children. Your fears are yours, not your children. Your likes and dislikes are not your children. It's not their responsibility to bear the burden of what you face in your life. Some of y'all are quiet. I learned a long time ago, a hungry hog squealed real loud. But a quiet hog mean he eating. That went over your heads. <laughs> Let me help you with this. I used to be concerned. Not yet, not yet. Not yet, not yet, not yet. Not yet, not yet. I used to be concerned when people would get a blank face. But then I realized that it's not that they're thinking about Eggo waffles. 
they might just be pondering what I'm saying. So I'm going to give you that one more time. See, being an adult is not easy. We agree. But being an adult and being a responsible adult is not the same thing. It's not the same thing. So I'm going to give you something that sounds the same that is not. See, there are many things that sound the same, but are not the same. So if we're going to talk about being a parent, then you have to understand your parental assignments. You need to understand that the charge by God is for you to take care of them for him, for his purpose, until they return to him. You got to understand your assignment. So your assignment is not to make sure they had the latest video games or the newest shoes. Your assignment is not about leaving them an inheritance and figuring out ways that you can teach them financial literacy and all. These are all important things. I'm not saying they don't matter, but you have to have the proper context and understand your responsibility as God sees it. Because, beloved, when you understand your assignment, you might be able to uh, release some of the pressures that you feel. See, when you know what you're supposed to do, and when you know what matters most to God, then just maybe you began to relieve some of the pressures. I'm reminded in Psalm 127, verses 3 and 4, that children are a gift from the Lord, and they are a reward from him. It continues on and says that children are like arrows in a warrior's hand. Think about that. Children are like an arrow in a warrior's hand. Well, what does a warrior need to fight? Weapons. Having children and bringing children into the world and raising them to be faithful members of God's kingdom is your personal opportunity to shape the future. Think about that. 
We see this reoccurring theme that God gives us in the first chapter of Genesis in the 26th verse about dominion over the earth. He trusts man to do the things in the earth that bring him glory. At the beginning, creation, our children are exactly the same thing. It is your personal responsibility to help shape them so that when kingdom business is happening, they are equipped to fight on the right side. What? Some of y'all looking at me like, well, I got emo pressure now. <laughs> but see, when you put your time and your energy into the right thing, when you introduce them to a healthy family, community, relationship, you introduce them to trusting God and praying for themselves and serving others. Nothing warmed my heart more yesterday. As a leader and as a believer, to see kids as young as seven, six, seven, five, how old is Elliot? Five? Five years old, out there in the rain. He was playing his game, but he was out there with his church as we served others. Nothing, nothing is more important. When we introduce our young people to the things that matter to God, we not only shape their future, but we began to help them shape the future of the world that they're going to live in. I don't know about you, but sometimes I get nervous about well, what is the world going to be when my kids grow up? And you sit there and you say, well, mama and daddy ain't always going to be there to wrestle with those things. But if we take serious what God says, we are helping them shape the future that they're going to live in. And, and look, if you need some personal motivation, you might help shape what they think about you when you're old. <laughs> and how they take care of you. And if you have a bed in their house. I'm joking, but I'm serious. Because if there's no compassion to take care of you when you old and, and you birthed them, they're certainly not going to be thinking about how to go to a nursing home and care and love on somebody else's grandparent. I'm just trying to make this thing plain for you. The text tells us in Ephesians chapter 6, Verses 1 through 4. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. I typically preach from there. So if you take a picture, feel free to take pictures. Let us screen it to whatever you got to do. But I want you to go read it. Not just in the New Living Translation, but you can read it in whatever version that you want. Because I want to make sure that you, you put in the Word of God. So you understand the Word of God. But I find this very interesting. And many of us rely on this verse to guilt trip our children. <laughs> children, obey your parents. But I love this, because you belong to the Lord. For this is the right thing to do. Honor, how many of you pulled this one out? Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you. 
and you will have a long life on earth. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger them by the way you treat them. Now, let's find that very interesting. You see how this tone changes in this text? So there's a couple things that I want to pull out for you in case you missed it, in case you didn't catch it. The first thing is that if there is no relationship with the Lord, then why would it have an impact on them on whether they're obedient to you? You just read it. The text says, children, obey your mother and father because you belong to who? So if they don't understand that they belong to the Lord and that means something, then why do you think they're going to internalize being obedient to you? Hmm. We want, to, we want to pull this out and talk about how we want our children, whether it's your, your children or whether you, your nieces, your nephews, maybe you're in education and you're working with children, whatever. But we always want to talk about how they don't honor their, their elders and their seniors and their mothers and their fathers. Well, the question I have for us this morning is, do, are you giving them something to honor? Are you showing that you are a man or a woman of honor? Are you, what, what example are you giving? I'm just asking the question. See, that first part says it means something to belong to the Lord. But who's going to teach them what it means to belong to the Lord? Where is that supposed to happen at? I'm just asking the question. Has to come. Has to come. See, we have to understand that when we show them that God is important, when we show them that morals are important, when we show them that that giving and serving is important, when we show them the character stuff, just as much as we show them the tactical stuff, then they can pick up on it. Nothing brings me more joy than to see my kids playing sports. And when I give them a, a pointer and then I see them do it in the game, I'm like, ooh, that's my boy right there. That's my boy right there. Nothing makes me prouder than to see them take your advice. But could you imagine when you pour character into them, integrity into them, honor and valor into them, and then they show you that? Where they could have went left, but they didn't. When they could have been disrespectful, but they didn't. When they could have followed everybody else, but they stood and led. See, you think you're proud when they hit a jump shot or score a goal, I'm telling you. If we began to focus just as much on how we celebrate when they strike somebody out or hit a triple to win the game. When you see them flex their character, and you know you poured that into them, ooh-wee. But I find it so interesting because there's this condition here, but then we see in verse 4, we see something weird happen. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way that you treat them. 
Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. There's a promise to the children, but a warning to the parent. Have you ever caught that before? There's, there's a promise to the children, but there's a warning to the parent. Parents, you will either provide or provoke. One of two things. You're going to provide or you are going to provoke. By definition, to provide make says to make available for use, to supply, to make adequate preparation for. So you can provide a pathway, an opportunity, something that gets your child headed in a direction. You can provide them a know-how. You can provide them a tutorial. You can provide them an example. Or you can provoke them, which means to give rise to. Or a reaction or an emotion, typically strong or unwelcome. So you will either welcome and guide your children into a relationship with God, or you will turn them away or make it difficult for them to desire a relationship with God. I gave you the example earlier of things that sound the same, but are not the same. Hear me good. You will either welcome and guide your children to a relationship with God, or you will turn them away, or you will make it difficult for them to desire a relationship with God. See, that's two to one. You can guide them, but on this side of the coin, you got two things. You either can turn them away, or you can make them indifferent. Oh, man. So I don't know what's worse. Is it a refusal of the Lord, or is it an indifference to the Lord? What do you think? What do you think? Which one is worse? Do you live in a way to say, man, I don't want to do nothing with God? Or do you live in a way that they're like, eh, which one is worse? See, I'm looking at people and, and you got like one eyebrow up, one down, the husband say one thing, the wife say something else. Because the challenge is, well, wait a second, what I want for my child has to be over here because what we don't want them to do, if you've been anything like I've been or if I've experienced, is that when you have a confusion of God, you don't know about God, you've been misinformed about God, you don't think you need God, or you flat out reject God, being without God is being without God. And at some point, we've got to prioritize that being with God is the important thing. So the word is saying, do not provoke your child. In other words, don't be doing stuff that's going to cre create a space where they don't want to have nothing to do with you. They don't want to have nothing to do with the neighbors. They don't want to have nothing to do with God. They want to be left alone. And how many of you know, we are not supposed to be alone. See, when we left to our own devices, trying to make sense out of everything on our own, that's how you got to that point of indifference. That's how you got to that point of refusal, being alone, feeling alone, 
statistics show that teen suicide and suicide attempts show now, especially post-COVID, there are so many people dealing with the emotions of being alone, fighting up here. There's people whose lives are ending prematurely because they're fighting up here. Got nowhere to go. Got nobody to love them, care for them, guide them, lead them. This is the guilt I'm talking about as a parent. You can't tell me these things don't concern you. The word of God is telling us right here in texts that we probably used out of context many times. See, we are to provide. We are to understand that this relationship is important. I'm reminded in Mark, the third chapter, Jesus is around a group of people, the word of God says, and his mother and his brothers were outside calling for him. The gospel according to Mark says that someone in the crowd said, Jesus, your mother and your father are outside. I'm sorry, excuse me. Your mother and your brothers are outside. And the word says, Jesus said, who? He goes on to say, because he took the opportunity to teach, he says, anyone who does God's will is my brother and my sister and my mother. In other words, his father was in heaven and he living for his father. So if you want to be part of this here family, somebody should have said amen. If you would have tapped the person next to you and they said amen, I would have closed the laptop. We would have sung a song and we would have been out of here. But you didn't, so now nah, I'm just saying. Ben, y'all can come on up. Jesus took the moment right then and right there. Jesus took the moment to make a point. He said, I'm about my father's business. I'm living for my father. So yeah, we might be related in flesh and blood or because we grew up together. Or you know how you had the aunties that ain't your aunties. The cousins that's not your cousins. That when you get married, they want to ask, like, how is that person even related to you? And you say, it's a long story. That's my mother's old neighbor who lived down the street from the, and they're not really related to you. That's me. Okay. Y'all ain't going to alienate me like that. But Jesus makes the point that to be in the family, My brothers, my sisters, even my mother. I want to know, is after the same thing I am. Righteousness and holiness. What solidifies our relationships as parents and what solidifies our relationships of people that we say we love. It's not just the birthright. It's just not our blood. It's not our, it's not our DNA like that. What solidifies our relationship to our family is our relationship to God. 
That's what makes the church necessary, that we cannot be related. We cannot live in the same house. We cannot be of the same generation. We cannot be of the same ethnicity. We cannot be of the same age group and blah, 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 all the other differences of whatever. But we can be after the same thing. Holiness. Service. Relationship. Love. Hard work on behalf of the kingdom. That's what pulls it all together. So as parents, we ask ourselves those hard questions. Am I a bad parent? Am I doing enough for my kids? Well, the answer to the question, and I normally wouldn't answer a question with a question, but today I will. How are you doing leading your children to God? I'm just putting that out there. How are you doing leading your children to God? And as much as we might start today thinking about it's all about our children, when I ask myself that question, and I ask that question in my prayer time for each of you and anybody else who ever hears this message, is I immediately switched, just like that passage in Ephesians, from thinking of them to reflecting on me. Because the shame and guilt comes into play about what we can teach our children, about how equipped we are ourselves. So maybe you're here and maybe you're in the room thinking, well, I agree with you, Pastor Nate, but I don't know where I am. I feel like I'm not where I'm supposed to be. And that's why I don't know if how well or how equipped I am to lead my child. Because I struggle with my relationship with God. Well, you're in the right place. Because he sent me here today to tell you that you're never too far. That it's not too late. When you woke up this morning on this side of eternity, when you woke up to be seen today by somebody in the land of the living, you have an opportunity to give your life for the first time, to hit the reset button again. This could be your 7th, 8th, 10th, 17th, 23rd reset. But because you have breath today, try it again because he will never leave you he will never forsake you it's your call he's been consistent it's us that have wavered so if you're in this room right now we're going to prepare to take communion if there's anybody in the room who does not have communion just raise your hand We'll make sure that we get it to you. Before we take it, there are some things that the Bible says about our decision making. There are some things that God wants from us, and it's simple. He wants to be in right relationship with us. It's that simple. 
And right relationship just means that we put ourselves aside. We stop giving in to our temptations, our desires, our wants, our comfort. And we say, Lord, what do you want me to do? It's an admittance that I can't do it myself. And I know sometimes it's hard. But that's really all he wants us to recognize. The world is forever changing. The world now is not what it was five years ago or even ten years ago. And if you've been blessed enough to live multiple decades, it's certainly not what it was four, five, six decades ago. What that means is five, ten, twenty years from now, it's going to be even more different. So instead of worrying about what's tomorrow like, let us equip ourselves and equip our families for how we must go and what we must do. On August 20th, that's third Sunday of this month, it'll be on after the third service, the third sermon in this series, we're going to be talking about baptism. And I want you to know that if you have not been baptized, maybe you were baptized and it wasn't you that made the decision. Maybe grandma pinched you on the shoulder and made you go because it was Easter Sunday, 1987. But the word of God says, and he wants us to make a choice. And baptism is a way that we show that outward submission. I believe that God is the head of my life, and I believe he gave us his son, Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of my sin. And as I go into the water and come out of the water, it symbolizes the death and resurrection of Christ. So I want to offer it to you today if you have not been baptized, I want you to seriously think about what I'm saying to you. The Lord showed me this month, parents are going to recommit to their families. And if you're already committed to your family, God showed me that you're going to commit even deeper. You're going to really get into the trenches because you understand the importance of leading them and guiding them into a relationship with God for themselves. Because they're watching you they're looking for your example. Just as they walked in this room a few minutes ago and went over there, you saw how all y'all heads turned. They all looked at them, they so cute. Let me make sure they're doing okay. Are they smiling? Go ahead, y'all look at y'all parents and say, yeah, we okay. Everything's okay. We're just fine. Don't worry about us. But it's natural. It's natural for parents to want to know and see and make sure that they baby's all right. That's natural. That's in there. You were made in the image of God. That's what that is. You think it's just parent, you think it's apparent guilt. You think it's a weight. No, you were made in the image of God, and guess what God cares about? The things he created. He cares about the things that he created, the things that he gave birth through, the things that he formed. And guess what? Inside of you, the reason you're going crazy all the time is not because you're crazy. It's because you're made in his image and you care so much and want so much for the very things that you created, the very things that you have. That's why you care so much. That's why you're losing sleep, because you want the very best for them. 
as God wants for you. If this message challenged you and moved you forward, personally or in faith, we encourage you to share it with someone who needs a message of hope today. And if you're interested or looking for ways to partner with us in our mission here at the table, head on over to thetablejoliet.org for more information.